25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Here we go. Hour number two of the show off and running in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau, local agents. Competitive rates, fast service, friendly service. That's what you get at Farm Bureau. Staying connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Hit me up today, anytime today here in the uh, second hour. On the text line at 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN. That's a 601 number. So uh, feel free to text away. And then uh, you can uh, tweet the show as well, at Radio Wyatt. Happy to get your tweets and just might make the air on there also. Took some phone calls in hour number one on the Divini Equipment phone line. Divini Equipment, Madison and Jackson, your Kubota dealer. Coming up in about five minutes, we'll jump on the phone, on the Divini phone, with John Cohen, Athletics Director, Mississippi State. A lot to talk to him about today on this Monday. Um, there's a lot out there. Now, in the overall athletics world, you got this thing out in California. And I'm just I'm curious, from a, a sitting athletics director in the SEC, what this actually means. That California, the governor out there, has signed this pay-for-play thing into law meaning in California players can cash in on endorsements and and endorsement deals name and likeness stuff um and that it would be I guess according I haven't read the bill but the this the wording is that it would make it illegal to punish them for taking money for name and likeness stuff it goes into well, effect in 2023 and then we'll have to see how it affects everybody else around the country that, that's not going to stand yeah I don't it, it creates too so. many problems. I mean, I think the court's going to look at it and say this this law is faulty. Well, but if they do, it happens a lot out there. But also the threat. Look, I mean, the NCAA as it is does not necessarily. They're big enough. If you've got like SEC schools and SEC states, and Big Ten and ACC and all that kind of stuff. They're big enough that they can get along fine without the schools in California right now. Now, if this law were to go into effect in, you know, 50 states, <laughs> that's different, I guess. If you, if you just wall off California, they won't nobody else want to do it. Yeah. Well, that's right. That's exactly you know, and, right. And I, I'm not, obviously not an attorney or I would be sitting here for two hours every day right. uh, talking about this. Right. But it seems to me that there's this principle where there is a federal law that deals with the same issue especially when it regards interstate commerce, the federal law supersedes the local law, and a local law cannot be written that would invalidate the federal statute. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. that's 
just what I, I've been made to understand, if any, we've got some attorneys out there, that, I'd be interested to hear what they think. And, of course, you know, they may say whatever, whatever the appeals judge says. Yeah, you know? that's right. They're in the Ninth Circuit, right? So, yeah, and, you know, they are. And I just think that 2023 in this kind of stuff, I mean, it may seem like it's a long way away. I mean, that's pretty quick in terms of, you know, what lawyers will normally drag things out to. But uh, anyway, it's on the radar. And I want to ask him kind of what he thinks about it with it being signed into law out there. Real quick, uh, a couple things on Twitter. Jason tweeted me and he said, let's be clear about state's recruiting. The last three years, state has always topped out at around 18 to 25 in the rankings. He says, I think Cheryl's class with Dante Walker was the only top 15 class we've had at state in football. That isn't on Moorhead, Mullen, or Croom. And I'd have to look up the numbers to actually see. I do know that they're trending pretty good uh, in recruiting right now. They are pretty well. Fletcher says, Matt, if your defensive linemen aren't that great, slant them, stunt them, do combo twists with them and the linebackers, but don't just let them battle one-on-one and continuously get blocked. Look what Army's defensive line did against the uh, Michigan offensive line. Fletcher says, we can do better. Yeah, defense is a little different than offense. It, It is, you're right, there are some things you can do, but there's really only so many ways to line up and so many things you can try on defense. It's a lot harder to trick people with the defensive front than it is to say trick people with your offensive front. It's just kind of the nature uh, of the of the game to a degree. Um, but I appreciate the tweet, and we'll get to some more of those on the text line. I know a lot of folks have texted into the show. Uh, Bill says, "I agree, Shane. Coach Moorhead's kids are only freshmen this year, and he has this ten player suspension to deal with." He says, we need to chill out. Bill, thanks for the text. appreciate that very much. All right, let's do something right now. Here on a Monday, we jump over to the Divini Equipment phone line. Divini Equipment, Madison, and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. The Athletics Director at Mississippi State, John Cohen, and out on the West Coast today, some probably some interesting conversations going on with athletics directors out there. John, welcome to the show. I appreciate a little time. On a Monday, um, lots to talk about. I was just a minute ago kind of reading through some of this where Governor Gavin Newsom in California is signing this thing into law, the Fair Pay to Play Act. They're saying, you know, if it stands up there, it's going to go in in 2023. But has there been any kind of ripple throughout the college athletics world, even here in the SEC, seeing that story pop up that he's signing it into law out in California? You know, Matt, because this is kind of a fluid situation, you know, we're being asked not to really comment about these kinds of things. But I I will say this. I I find it very interesting that a certain narrative is is being painted across the landscape of college athletics. Um, And as I watch these documentaries, you know, these great college documentaries, you know, Saturdays in the South, which I know you've seen, mm-hmm. um, the history of college football, all these things. When you talk to these big-time NFL former greats and, and you, you ask them, t- tell me about what was the highlight of your career. What, it's almost always college, right? Yeah. And it's amazing to me because there's a certain narrative out there that, you know, pay for play and all these things. And yet 
the one time that the athlete was not specifically being paid, he or she even are saying the best time of their lives or when they were not getting a salary, if you will. And it's because, in my opinion, they feel like they're part of a family. They feel like they're around a group of people who are very much interested in their future, not only in sports, but outside of sports and what they were going to do with the rest of their, their lives. No, I mean, I'm speaking to the choir right here to you, Matt, because you, you had that experience. You, you played college football. And, um, I just find it really interesting. What, why would somebody who made millions of dollars at the professional level continuously say the best time in their life was when they played college athletics? I, I think it's because of what athletic departments around the country are doing for their student athletes to make sure they're prepared to enter a world where, you know, they're, they're going to be on their own. Yeah. Um, I agree. And, and I do agree too, John, I think, you know, somewhere down the road is probably the time for a lengthier and deeper discussion on all this, but I just saw the story today and yeah, I, w- I would say that, you know, as someone I've, I've after college, I've been an employee. Now I'm, basically a business, you know, running my own business, figuring out a way to make a living. And, you know, when my back hurts in the morning, I don't have anybody to massage it. And I really can't afford to go out and pay for that right now, you know, but, um, <laughs> that, and sometimes the food and everything, uh, you know, no, no question. Uh, the most well taken care of I've ever been was the, the five years that I was in school at Mississippi state and didn't need or want. Hey for Matt, I say this all the time. I, you're going to have this experience too, although your kids might be athletes uh, in college, but I say this all the time. I dropped my kids off one in the state of Virginia and I dropped one of them off in California to go to school. And my only hope was that the, my kids in some way would be taken care of in the manner that our student athletes at Mississippi State are because they're not. When they went off to school, my kids were on their own. Of course, there's some support groups on campus and, and things of that nature, but not even close to the support level that our student athletes get at a place like Mississippi State, and there's plenty of others. Um, I just wish the people around the country could walk in the shoes of, of these, these kids because I think they're having a terrific experience. Not easy. You know that. It's not sure, easy. Right. You're going to be asked to do some things that are difficult, but that's part of growing. That's part of, of moving in a positive direction with your life. Um, my goodness, Matt, if we only did the things that, that we wanted to do and, and we weren't forced to do things that we know are good for us, um, you'd never get anywhere. So, Again, I, I don't want to belabor the point, but I, boy, I, I think the experience that our athletes, student athletes are having are, is pretty good right now. And by the way, I want to bring this up too. Every morning I get to my office around 630. I'm always seeing those track athletes, those long distance runners running their miles. There's no fanfare. There's no money. There's no talk of name and likeness. There's no nothing. It's just a bunch of kids working their tail off. Because intercollegiate athletics mean athletics mean something to them. This is a bigger scope than than most folks realize. Yeah, one hundred percent. John Cohen, athletics director, of Mississippi State, on your radio uh, right now. John, in your chair, you, you, like you said, you get up in the morning and go through your routine. You jump in a car and you get to your office. What's it like in your shoes when you lose a conference football game like that? And you know, and uh, people are mad because they lost the game. 
Like, what's it like to be in your shoes? Well, it's funny you mention that because three years ago, I took over as the athletic director in November. And at that point in time, I, I think our, our record, we were some version of four and eight, mm-hmm. uh, four and six. Um, you know, it was, it was uh, with, with Coach Mullen that year. And I can tell you, my, my email box was full. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just stepped in the position and there were people who were not happy. And that's kind of the nature of what we do. It's a privilege to do what we do. Um, I love our Mississippi State fans uh, for a lot of reasons. They're knowledgeable. Um, they get it. They understand what we are up against. They understand how hard we compete as an athletic department. Um, but it, it's, you know, with Co- Coach Mullen and, and his group, I mean, they did a really solid job here at Mississippi State. But, you know, it, it, that first month was difficult because, you know, they finished five and seven. Yeah. Of course, we, we beat Ole Miss that year. We go to a, you know, a St. Pete Bowl. We get in because of our RPI, which has a lot to do with the retention of players over time. And, you know, we block a, a 28 yard field goal to, to beat a Miami team to get our sixth win of the year going in at five and seven. So there, there were some folks who weren't real happy with that year. And Coach Mullen had been here for a while. You know, you're just constantly going to get those types of uh, responses when you're, you know, not not doing what our fans want to do. And believe me, everybody here wants to have that tremendous success. And and of course, you know, we just we didn't have a great weekend at Auburn. But you know, though, for some reason, that we we have struggled when we've gone down to, to Auburn over the yeah. last 10, 11 years. Yeah, I, I talked about that. I was looking up the the series and. You know, just looking at it, so they Auburn wins three out of the last four, but two of those, the last two trips over there, have just been out of hand. You know, it's forty-nine to ten back in twenty seventeen. You mentioned Mullen and his staff; they take a team there that had Jeffrey Simmons and Sweat and all those guys and go lose forty-nine to ten, and and had a bunch of penalties. I remember in that game there was like seven false start penalties in that game in twenty seventeen over there. And John, I, I saw you through my binoculars uh, on the sideline. Um. Can you saw it? Can you speak to, like, what is it about that atmosphere there and the noise? I guess, or just something about playing that Auburn that we've just had a hard time over the last, not just you, you this know year. What? <clears throat> when you're coach, you realize there are certain places for whatever reason you don't play as well as you want to, and you fight and you prepare. And, you know, you know. Again, I I know for a fact, Coach Mullen, Coach Hevesy, you know, those guys prepared that football team as well as they possibly could. And I believe the ter- first two plays of the game, we get false false start penalties against us in 2017 down there, and just didn't did not play well at all. I, I will tell you something that's really important to me I, about Joe Moorhead and about his staff and about our players. We finished the football game at Auburn. It might sound like a small thing. I, I know it was a, a big gap, but we finished. Garrett Schrader stayed in that football game, and we scored a touchdown late to give us a little bit of momentum. And I know as a former coach, I'm just telling you, getting those little tiny victories and not giving up and, and keeping competing to the very end, that pays off down the road. When you look at our defensive line, you see how many young guys are on that defensive line. You look at how the overall youth of our football team, a freshman behind, a, a true freshman behind center. You look at the way Joe Moorhead competes every single day, and I wish all of our fans, Matt, you've been around him. 
all of our fans could be one-on-one and see the way he competes every day and the way he recruits and the way he handles our football team, the way he inspires them. We're not there yet. We're not where we want to be. But I tell you what, this guy has worked his tail off. I've never been around a football coach that worked all parts of a program, recruiting and everything else, as hard as Joe Moorhead. And I am a believer that that hard work is really going to pay off. In fact, when you talk to the recruiting world, I mean, there's no discussion. They're, they're saying that right now Mississippi State is recruiting at a level that we have never recruited at here at Mississippi State. John Cohen on your radio. So how do you – what's the right way to evaluate uh, recruiting? And I know it doesn't pay off until years down the road. Guys come in, they develop it maybe three years or two or four, depending on the player – do you say as an athletics director, do you look strongly at recruiting rankings or is it much deeper than that? No, it's deeper than that. You know, you, you got to have class balance. You have to have positional balance. Uh, you, you know, you can't have too many of one position because it throws everything else out of balance. And from that standpoint, I think these guys have done a just a tremendous job. Um, and, and again, I mean, Hey, Matt, I, I, I'm, I'm just saying this. I'm trying to remember you're an expert in this area. I, when's the last time we went and got a four- or five-star freshman quarterback? That's um, been I mean, a little while. And that happened pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, I, and I'm not sure if Tommy was a four- or a five-star coming out of high school, but if he was a four-star, and I don't know. I can't remember because he's a transfer. We, we suddenly all have two four-star type quarterbacks. You know, mm-hmm. who are pretty darn good players along with Keaton who's been fighting an injury he's done a great job but um yeah you can see it happening and you got to believe in it listen here's the great thing about playing the SEC West you're going to find out real quick now you can play in other leagues around the country and right now if we played in other leagues you know we we could be some version of uh four and one or maybe even five and oh if we played in another conference somewhere but you know what we're in the SEC, brother, and you're going to find out right away how good you are. <laughs> and we found out some things we needed to find out down at Auburn. And quite frankly, um, you know, things are so fluid. They change so quickly. But I just – I really believe that Joe's going to get us going in the right direction. I mean, hey, how about this one? I'm watching this. Uh, I go in the locker room at halftime, and I'm watching the broadcast of our football game, and they're talking about Kevin Steele, who's the outstanding defensive coordinator – at Auburn, right? Mm-hmm. And he's done a great job in that football program. Well, what were the Auburn people thinking about Kevin Steele after we ran for 351 against them a year ago? Yeah, they were. They were in an offense that's that's run, 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 run. There's mm-hmm. not even, you know, there wasn't as much of a a, a, a passing type of threat a year ago. Right. right. No um, doubt. I mean, I mean there were Kevin people... Steele suddenly a much better coach, or his kids a year older. They're in a different framework. It's a different team, and they're playing at a different level right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, he's still an outstanding coach, and he was an outstanding coach last year when he gave up three. I don't know. I'm, I'm probably getting yardage wrong. 351 yards to us on the ground last year. That's right, and and I do remember. That's it. I mean, there were Auburn fans who kind of wanted him. They wanted his head last year after the game, and they were like, you know, you're playing a team where you know they're going to run it, and you still give up 350. How could it happen? But you know, I guess that just speaks to. You know, number one, year to year, players can grow up, teams can get better year to year, but but it also just speaks to what a senior can do. We got about a minute left, John, but you were a player and a coach. 
you can't. There's no replacement for experience. Seniors just play better for the most part, don't they? No, they, they do. And and again, this league. I was just talking about Kevin Steele and Coach Malzahn. This this league has great coaches in it, mm. and if, if they're given an, an opportunity for a co- a team to grow and get better, I tell you what. I, listen, I can't predict anything. Auburn is one of the elite football teams in the entire country right now. I think they they could beat almost anybody. Um, but again, we competed until the very end. Uh, we're going to get better. We have some young, really good players who are going to become really good ones. And Joe Moorhead has tremendous energy and gives it all to his players and his staff and recruiting every single day. And I just, I have a lot of belief that it's going to, it's going to move forward. John, really good to talk to you here on a Monday. Got an uh, open date coming up this week. And then uh, in a couple of weeks, we'll see you in Knoxville. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. That's John Cohen, Athletics Director, of Mississippi State. So, it, you know, and I start off with um, the story about the court out in California, or not the court, but the governor signing in the name and likeness deal, letting athletes make that out there. And, you know, there's an AD in the SEC who already says we're, we're kind of not going to comment on that yet. You know, and that's probably a mandate throughout the conference, I would think, for the ADs. So maybe the ripple effect is that. That's the first ripple. And you have a guy who he obviously – you know, he kind of gets the big picture. Most of the people who are in those athletic department offices do. Sometimes as fans, we don't. But he gets the big picture. Um, thinks they're making progress in the recruiting. And if you're a state fan, it's something to hang on to. All right, hour number two just getting underway in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show. Mary Liddy did fantastic on her picks this weekend. She only missed a couple. I can't remember, though. I think uh, I'm thinking. Well, I missed the bit. You did it on Friday. Yeah, you? I think she picked Kentucky. I know she picked Mississippi State, so she missed that one. But I think she picked Kentucky. But she might have picked South Carolina. It seems like she picked Kentucky. But she got all the rest of them right. Nailed them. Alabama in, in her hair in our, in our uh, tailgate contest. I, well, hey, she'd do just as well as anybody else would. Uh, she had Alabama, Florida, Texas A&M, and Vanderbilt. Very good job, Mary Liddy. So, yeah, look at these scores, man. It was a tough weekend for the state of Mississippi. You go across the state line. Alabama beats Ole Miss 59-31. Auburn beats State 56-23. And... Uh, yeah, it's kind of it's weird. It's like two different reactions, you know. Um, you got a lot of people in one fan base are like, oh, how about that? Scored a few points, 14 points in the fourth quarter for Ole Miss. Made it look a little closer than it, than it was. It was uh, Ole Miss actually, though, led after the first quarter 10-7. to seven, and Then Alabama scored 31 points in the second quarter alone. Were those all unanswered? Yeah. Mm. I didn't catch the game. It was thirty-eight. First part. Yeah, it was thirty-eight ten at halftime. Fifty-nine thirty-one. That game was supposed to be close. This, 
I'm starting to get where I'm a little bit. Uh, well, I, I should have always no, that been one suspicious of these odd sites. Yeah, I, it, they had it like within a point or half a point. No way, Roger. No, Alabama, Ole Miss. No, 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 not that one. No, State and Auburn. Oh yeah, State and Auburn. That one's supposed to be close. Yeah, not fifty-six even. twenty-three. <laughs> no, I mean it was. Look, it was twenty-one to six at the end of the first quarter. Forty-two to nine at halftime. It's just not close. Um, six rushing touchdowns, and that's the deal. There's your deal right there. You know, Auburn, yeah, they had a they had a good ball game throwing a ball, the best one they've had with Bo Nix as their quarterback. But it's it's because they had 217 yards rushing. And four different players had rushing touchdowns, and Whitlow had three. They they could not stop them from running the ball uh, at all. Just didn't didn't have it. And you know, that was a deal in that game. Um so I don't know. I mean, it's hard to know in years because if you look at just this year in a vacuum, it's easy for a fan to go, boy, State's a lot worse than I thought they'd be. Look at that game against Auburn. But I look up at other years in the past, not too long ago. Again, I, I can't – I saw it. I know what it felt like. I'm sitting up in the broadcast booth. Back in 2017, State went to Georgia, got run out of there. And the very next week went to Auburn and lost 49 to 10. And I remember at that time thinking, man, it's going to be a long year. <laughs> this is supposed to be a lot better than this. And by the end of the year, they're pretty good. Wound up in the Gator Bowl, and of course, won that one. So I don't know. You have to, you know, the perspective thing, you have to step back. I thought I came up with a pretty funny line yesterday, Roger, and I put it on Twitter, and it said, like flip flops and low urinals. Some of y'all need to take a step back. I was pretty proud of that. All right. Uh, text line 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Josh says, Matt, did you mention about Rob Garrison passing away? Hashtag Cobra Kai. Yeah. Um, one of the actors in the original Karate Kid who was a part of the Cobra Kai dojo, the bad guys. Not Johnny. Not the guy who played Johnny, the main Cobra Kai bad guy in Karate Kid, the blonde-headed Johnny who, you know, sweep the leg Johnny. But it was one of his buddies, uh, Rob Garrison, who was, um, I think he was the one that yelled something about put him in a body bag. I think that was Rob Garrison's line. He sure did. That actor uh, passed away this past weekend. That was really sad to see. Makes you feel, makes us all feel really old. Of course, I guess we are. Walt text the show and says defense is really regressing for whatever reason well you know let's be honest about one thing is that if it's 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 a slight if i'm not saying it's the difference in six wins versus 10 I, i'm not saying that i'm just saying that it's an if but if willie gay and lee autry were playing in every game for you autry is your best defensive lineman and gay is your best athlete on the team at linebacker. And if those two played, maybe there's a difference. They do have – I'm not – nobody's making an excuse, but look, they do have a, a kind of an extra special set of circumstances they're trying to work around in some of these games. And, you know, in two weeks after the open date, they're going to be less banged up. That's the way you do it in an open date. And they're going to go on the road to Tennessee and – what if Autry and Willie Gay play in that game? Is it going to look different? Well, yeah. Different opponent and get all your guys on the field. Just is what it is. 
in spite of all that, the fact is, I don't, I don't care who you're paying, playing against. <laughs> you got to play better on defense. Bob Shoup actually tweeted after the game, the defense coordinator, and he just apologized. He gave up six rushing touchdowns. and You know, Auburn gave up 350 yards rushing in Starkville last year, and after the game they talked about how embarrassed they were in that loss all the way to this year. Last week they're going, it just embarrassed us. Well, go ahead and get ready for it. State's players next year when they're getting ready to host Auburn, guess what they're going to say? We were embarrassed last year. <laughs> so maybe it just flips year to year depending on who's the home team. Norman Texas show and says, Matt, I would say Willie Gay and Lee Autry make 14 points difference. Willie Gay brings an energy on defense that can't be understated. But in the end, there would have been no difference in the outcome, so I can't disagree with sitting them either. Um, Connor texts the show. Are those both today? Yes. Connor texts the show and said, <clears throat> Matt, what do you say the fire Moorhead crowd? Well, I'd say to those folks, they don't really know. I mean, I, I think it's just silly. Every fan base has got it. I'm not going to like make fun of them too bad, but it just is what it is. Every fan base has got people that they overreact on social media and stuff. It does. It adds up to one hill of beans, and that's it. Connor says he's fighting an uphill battle with suspensions and starting quarterback out, and I don't think fans are looking at the whole picture. They need to chill out. Connor says maybe there are some questions on discipline, but they've been better than that last year. They've been better than last year. Auburn was just a crap storm of a start, and it really was. And they were, look, Auburn's good. They played well. That's the thing that's kind of different, actually. People were comparing the Ole Miss at Alabama game to the Mississippi State at Auburn game. One of the differences is Alabama made some mistakes. Auburn did not make any mistakes until they already had a 30-some point lead when they fumbled for the first time. You know, right off the bat in the early part of the game, Ole Miss, I mean, Alabama muffed a punt. Ole Miss recovered it, and they're knocking on the door and punched it in there, man. They're in the game. Alabama made some early mistakes, and Auburn did not. Connor went on to say, false start, fumble, drop pass, killed us, and put the defense in bad situations. That's it. Defense, they were going to have a hard enough time as it is, you could see, but then being put on a short field for the entire first quarter by the offense really just made it a mere formality. And as you saw, they got some turnovers. Uh, and did a couple of things, got a few stops once the offense started moving the ball. But by that point, the game was already out of hand. It was 21 nothing, And you got all the freshmen playing. That's the other thing, too. There were two key times. You saw it if you were watching the game on TV where freshmen really got, um, got them in a bind. Two freshman cornerbacks who played well at times, just got them, got, you know, uh, what, they misread the play and just completely out of position. Uh, Todd who is in Pearl. If you'll hang on, Todd, I'm coming to you next, first thing, all right? So hold tight. Your call will start us off when we come right back, if you can wait for me. I'd appreciate that. Todd listening in Pearl. On the Divinity Equipment phone line, we'll get to him. Uh, True Maroon and the Mailman and Madison, everybody texting, still plenty of time to get to you, and I appreciate your feedback on a reaction Monday. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
That's the Auburn train. <laughs> yeah, my Auburn friends are gloating a little bit today. That's okay. That's the way it goes. Always next year, man. I probably gloated a little bit last year, probably. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Safe <laughs> guess. <laughs> some of my Auburn friends are gloating today on Facebook, and I just have one message for all of them. All right, Davini. When's Auburn play Alabama? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's wait until the Iron Bowl and see if you run your mouth in. I don't there know. You it, go. it could be interesting this year. All right, uh, Davini Equipment phone line. Davini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Todd, listening in Pearl. Todd, I very much appreciate you being patient, man. What's up? Uh, not much. Uh, you're welcome, though. Um, we're gonna flip the script here a little bit. Um. Do you think the Braves can write the ship against the Cardinals? Oh, man. Well, let, let me just say they should. Okay? The Braves, they should win this series. Um, you know, should that be, you know, uh, I just, my thing is, as a Braves fan, I hate the Dodgers. And the Dodgers are the best team in the National League, Todd. And so there's, it's kind oh, I know. of, you know, it's almost like being an SEC fan and you know that Alabama game's looming out there, you know, <laughs> it's like, I'm going, yeah, you beat, beat Tennessee and then, you know, maybe upset LSU and then is that, and then, uh, you know, yeah, well, we just have to remember that Alabama's out there. We're not beating Alabama, you know, uh, so I don't want to be that it's, it's not to the same extent. I don't want to be that guy in the Braves fan base, but gosh, I just hate the Dodgers and there they are on the other side. And so that's out there, but yes, you know, the Braves, um, should win that series. If they don't, I'll be disappointed. What about you? Well, you know, they, um, took one on the chin in New York. Right. And I know the Cardinals, Took care of business against the Cubs. Yeah. So, but I can't figure that stuff out. And, I, Todd, that's hard to figure out though, because like, I know it's pro sports, and games are games. But the Braves had had long since wrapped up the division in the playoffs, and they're just finishing things up against the Mets. The Mets aren't in. This is their last deal. You know, you don't ever know how that plays out. And then you look over there at Cardinals Cubs. I mean, the Cubs put the word out there. This is Madden's last go round. I don't know how motivated the Cubs were, but so I don't. I don't know how much those last few games after these teams already wrap up these playoff spots really matter. You know. True. 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 Just a thought. Well, uh, go ahead. I was going to ask. Uh, do you know what the menu might be Thursday night? Well, that's yeah, a right. good question. I'm glad you asked. That's a great question, isn't it? Look, I will just tell you this: that those types of details, the menu, ah, the homecoming queen, the menu, um, right, the arrangement, all that, those are details that are under the um, the umbrella of the homecoming queen. She knows. I don't. She'll probably tell me when we show up on Thursday night. And I'm just being honest. I know this though, Todd. Whatever we have, it's going to be really good. Okay. Oh, yeah. You, you can't go wrong with Char, and I'll uh, That's right. look forward to seeing you then. All right. See you then. Char, Thursday night. Sold out. No matter what you order, it'll be charred. <laughs> At Char on Thursday night. That's right. Can't wait. 
Football Film Study Dinner presented by Madison County Farm Bureau Insurance. My friends Bob Atkinson and the guys, and some of those are going to come. I think Bob's going to be there, maybe Cole and some of the others. I don't know if they heard me the other day on the radio, but I, I said that among the group, I thought Cole might be the best athlete. I don't know if that's true. Ben and those guys there, he may take exception to that. I don't know. You know, Get at me, I guess. Tell me where I'm wrong. Prove it. <laughs> Meet you in the squared circle. <laughs> That's right. <clears throat> uh, text line. Alabama QB missed about four wide receivers that got behind the defender that would have scored while I was watching. Okay. I didn't get to see all of it, obviously, but most of it. Just watched it in the press box there. Uh, Jason on Twitter says, Radio Wyatt, we ain't beating LSU either. <laughs> uh, he wanted to know also, he wanted to know, does the Auburn train sound like a tornado? Because it felt like one. That's a good tweet right there, Jason. That's a good tweet. Um, True Maroon, that was a little off-color, although funny, but I'm not going to read it, <laughs> okay? Now I got to get over there and look at that. Yeah, it was about the Karate Kid thing. Uh, the Mailman in Madison. Oh. You, see what, you see what he did, Roger? Yeah, it's not bad. It's just... Yeah, yeah I'll just let it go. The Mailman in Madison said... Does all these people see that beating up on cream puffs in the first of the year mean you're going to beat the elites? I, it doesn't mean anything. They're just not related, are they? And that's the difference in college football. College football is just so much different than the NFL. I mean, the NFL every weekend is exciting. Every weekend is loaded with good games. There's drama. There's intrigue. It's The NFL, and they play 16 regular season. They're talking about bumping it up to 17. Somebody even suggested they play 20 games since they're playing all these preseason games. Just make them matter. I, you know, I don't agree with that. But sure, give me another one. Make it 17. Every... Check out his, his previous text when you get the. Who's that? Uh, it's pretty funny. He had True a dialogue room? going on with. Yeah, no, I'm talking about Madison Mailman. Okay, let's see. He, he had. Let's see. Never mentioned the Cowboys today, but Friday he wouldn't let his man crush go on Dak. Who talking about me? No, but he, he he sent that before the show. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think that was on Chris. Oh, it was on Chris? Okay. Has to be. Or maybe, ah. Man, you they know They were talking what? about Bo. They were talking about Bo. Oh, they were talking about Bo. Well, yeah. here's the only thing, though, about it. Okay, so the Saints win last night. Huge win for New Orleans. And it was, their defense was so good. That crowd in the Dome, so good. Okay, really. But the game was 12 to 10. I'm, you know, I'm watching it hoping for fireworks, and it was just a, frankly, it was all defense. You know, both defenses and lots of short passes. And I think the longest rush from scrimmage the Cowboys had was seven yards from Dak Prescott, not their $90 million running back, you know. And people were saying Dak had a bad game. I didn't think so. I thought he actually played pretty well. He finished up in a game where they couldn't run the ball, and they're playing bump man. And look, the corner for the Saints shut down Amari Cooper. Even had two offensive pass interferences against Cooper. I'm talking locked him up and shut him down. And in spite of all that, Dak actually had a pretty good game throwing a ball. Um, that interception was just on the Hail Mary at the end. But he had two uh, balls that should have been caught by uh, Randall Cobb. One for a touchdown. Well, I take that back. Cobb, couldn't he couldn't have caught that ball. That ball was out in front. 
But he had one on a key drive. They're trying to extend the drive, and it would have been a first down. He just dropped it. You know, um, they just didn't play well. You know, the Cowboys didn't play well. The Saints were so good on defense, so much faster and, like, more physical. Hands down, the best defensive front the Cowboys have seen all year long. So, a huge win for New Orleans. And and they look like the unquestioned, not even close best team in the NFC South. I know that Tampa went out there and put up those points on the Rams in this weird high-scoring game out in Los Angeles. But weird stuff happens in California. Weird stuff happens in California. So you think your dream Super Bowl is going to happen? What Cowboys Chiefs? Yeah, I just don't. Well, um, that's, that's the Cowboys and Indians all over. Well, it, it is, isn't it? <laughs> See, the thing about it is, I mean, the Patriots are the best AFC team. Um, and and as as much as I want to believe that this is the year that with the MVP uh, Patrick Mahomes and and everything that the Chiefs get it done in the AFC and somehow beat the the Patriots. I know the Patriots struggled yesterday with the Bills. Bills are pretty good. But it's still Patriots, you know, until you knock them off. And as good as the Patriots' defense is, it's hard to imagine them not getting back there again. So the AFC, though, is going to come down to Chiefs and Patriots. And in the NFC, you know, the Cowboys could get there, sure. Sure they could. But look, make no mistake about it, the Saints have put everybody on notice. The Saints are going to be right there at the end again. I'm not sure the Rams are, frankly. It's they got a long way to go. But the Saints put everybody on notice. They are going to be right there in that NFC Championship picture again. And as physical and fast as they were on defense last night against that Cowboys offense, when you watch the game, what what makes anybody think that they could play that game again anywhere two or three times and that it would be any different? I mean, it wasn't a fluke thing. Lattimore, the corner, absolutely owned Amari Cooper. Owned him. I'm talking tied a bow on him and said, this is my present to me all night long. Owned him. And the defensive front for the Saints was just better than that Cowboys offensive line. They just were. So the Saints are going to be there. I know it was a close game and it was in New Orleans 10-12, but what I'm saying, Roger, is the Saints just looked like a better team to me than the Cowboys. Maybe crazy. What do you you say to those people who say, just not anything against the Saints, but this is really the first good defense maybe that Dallas has faced so far? Well, it is. Oh, it definitely is. Yeah, because Washington is – horrible they may be worse than the Dolphins frankly and after week one or two we didn't think that was possible but Washington may be worse than the Dolphins and the Giants are okay they're not as bad as the other two but they're no they're not even on the same planet as the Saints defense Saints are gonna be fun to watch the rest of the way buddy hey just get ready Kamara fired up oh man Kamara Give that guy the ball more. All right, we'll see you all tomorrow. See you.